Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Barangaroo studios. Uh, thanks for your company for the next hour. You have tuned in to the call. 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. We do it all in one hour. I chuck in a stock of the day, something that's making headlines. Uh, for a view on that as well, it's always a great fast and furious um, and really interesting. Let's bring in the panel today. Uh, David Lane from Augmented up in Mackay today. How are you, David? That's right. I'm very well, very well. Nice and warm up here, but it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good to be in the air-conditioned office. How's far north Queensland going? What's the what's the sentiment up there? Look, it's it's pretty busy, and it's uh, like most of the other parts of the country. It's one of the, the big issues is trying to get staff, and in particular yeah. in the, the mining industry, they're they're doing um, you know a lot of volume up here and and struggling to get the right people to uh, do the work for them. Yeah, it is amazing. Is how despite half a million migrants uh, coming in the last twelve months, um, yep. supply shortages everywhere. All right, Sean Hickman, the research leader, Market Matters, joins us now. Sean, how are you, sir? Very well. Nice to be here. Uh, how's your weekend? Wonderful week. Good. Too short. Yep. Got the smell of summer in the air, hasn't it? It's sort of it turning is. beautifully. I cleaned uh, the pool on the weekend. Yep. Perfect. All right. That's um, uh, that's an image we probably don't want to go with. Uh, but no, just joking, Sean. Uh, let's take a look at the first five stocks that uh, we'll be looking at this half hour. Uh, Adbury, the old um, Adelaide Brighton uh, cement building materials uh, group, Eagles Automotive, Woolworths, um, and continuing our um, automotive theme this half hour by the look of it, Babcorp. We're going to run our eye over and finish this half hour with BHP, stock of the day. Thought we'd take a look at Liontown Resources, uh, shares of the lithium producer in a trading halt. Uh, US-based uh, uh, Albemarle uh, has pulled the pin on the $6.6 billion buyout bid, citing concerns it had around growing complexities of the transaction, quote-unquote. Uh, Liontown last week uh, graded the world's biggest lithium chemical maker an extension to examine its books and enable Albemarle to uh, forward a binding offer. The deal was dropped after Hancock Prospecting, Gina Reinhardt's mob, um, uh, bought a 19.9% stake of Liontown over the past couple of weeks. The stake would likely have been enough to block the bid. Liontown went into a trading hold this morning just after making the announcement pending a finalisation of funding around the Kathleen Valley Lithium Project. Um, Sean, what do you think of the... Uh, uh, the situation with Liontown at the moment. Um, takeover not going ahead. Gino, Reinhardt sitting there with just under 20%. Interesting one. Didn't mm. actually think they'd walk away quite so fast. 
Mm. Um, they've knocked on the door three times. They spent a lot of time, a lot of money getting to this point in time. I'm assuming they've made a few phone calls to Gina and Co. And obviously, there's a, they see a problem there. Yep. So you've gone from a takeover to a capital raise. Mm. It's probably yep. going to be a pretty bad opening. Um, Okay, so we looked there. The big price high cut was where the offer was made the first time, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly. So it was trading around that dollar twenty three mark, two eighty now. What would you be doing if you're a Lion Town shareholder? Um, you can't do anything, of course, with a trading hold at the moment. But probably be kicking myself and not selling some or part of my holding. Yep. Um, but you can't look backwards. Doesn't no. make you any money in investing, mind you. Here on the call, as it's come up. Over the weeks, a lot of people, a uh, lot of the analysts on the panel here have said, hey, you know, sell, sell half now and see how the rest runs. So exactly. That, in retrospect, that seems pretty good advice now. And, and we've alluded to that in our reports because yes. we've, we've been asked the question quite a few times. Yeah. Um, with Gina was a happy bar at $3. You wonder mm. what's going to happen next. So, right. um, you know, will she have an interest in going further? Yeah. She well, might be able to get quite a bit of stock cheaper today, or not today, this week. Yep, yeah. So I, I would say that um, I am a little bit surprised. Yeah. Um, but if it gets sold off aggressively, it's probably good value from a risk-reward perspective. But the whole lithium space has been struggling to get the traction that everyone was expecting. It's been very, very volatile. Yeah. It's a chemical process. You're not digging. I think I said this to you last time I was on the show. You're not mm -hmm. digging iron ore out the ground in a very predictable fashion. It's a chemical process that's fairly new. It's complex, isn't it? It's very complex. My degree is in chemical engineering, believe it or not. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to start to explain it to you. So, oh, you know, nice. yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a complex process and it's got a lot of learning curve to go. Right. And um, I think there's a sector where you want to buy into dips. Well, you might well get that in this stock. This right. Week. Okay. Um, so hold on if you're a Lion Town investor and look at, so do you go back in if you took your profits for... 50% if it comes down to around the dollar fifty mark. If it comes yeah. back to a dollar fifty, yes I would. Yes. Yes, right. I would definitely okay. be considering it there. But, but I don't think on. it will come down that I don't think it will halve. Yeah. But it's worth if you're in there with a hold, we're seeing what, what Gina's gonna do. It's a situation play. Yep. That's that's taken a big transition over the last few hours. Yep. Okay. Um David, what's your view? Yeah, similar sort of view. I think that uh, what we've seen is the, the share price spike with the uh, Albemarle um, takeover offer and with uh, Gina building that 20% stake. So, yeah, it's likely that we will see the share price decline once they, once they come out of that trading halt um, because Gina or Hancock Prospecting um, are limited at that 20% mark. So they've either got to make another takeover offer or there's the creep rule. So over the next six months, after the after this yeah. six months has gone, they could then increase by 3%. So unlikely in the very short term that you'll see too much positive activity out of the share price. Um, but obviously long-term, it's, it's a great resource and it has the, the long-term potential. So, yeah, if you're in the in the stock for that short-term gain, potentially you might look at, at whether or not you um, yeah, you move out of some of the stock once they reopen. But depending upon what that share price does, but if you're in it long term, um, it's still a, a very good asset. And obviously, both uh, Hancock Prospecting and Albemarle have been interested in the the long-term um, viability of the, the project. So uh, could well. 
continue to, to do well. Um, but yeah, you just need to be a little bit more patient if you if you're sure. in it now. So you'd you'd be a hold if you're in it. I think so at the moment. Yeah, I'd, I'd be a long-term holder and, and think that not only lithium itself, but also this uh, this project is has a lot of long-term potential. So I wouldn't be rushing to any short-term uh, short-term reaction. I'd be holding in for the longer term. Okay. All right. Okay, let's get into the stocks that you've asked me to put to our panel. And David, Melissa wants a view on Adbury, the old Adelaide Brighton cement, uh, based in the heart of Port Adelaide. Good old Port Adelaide. Uh, building materials is the name in Employers, cement production, and the like. Um, what's your view on Adbury? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough industry in that uh, they've had a lot of competition from cheaper Asian importers. Uh, and the other problem that Adbury and, and similar Australian producers have had is that we've actually got new environmental rules that have come in in since uh, July 2023. Um, and interestingly, it's only the Australian producers that are required to comply with those new uh, ESG rules. So it makes it more difficult for the Australian uh, producers to compete against the, the cheaper Asian um, import. And this is as far as the, the clinkers are concerned, which are the main um, component of the, the cement production. It's a low margin business, so we've actually seen that their, their profits have declined and that the, uh, the, the margins on, on their sales have declined, uh, only to the margin, profit margins only about 9.5%, so relatively low margin business. As I said, there's a reasonable amount of competition coming in from, from Asia, uh, and the other problem that we've had with uh, Adbury and, and similar sorts of businesses is their costs have been rising. So. Difficult business to be in. Um, still good long-term demand. We're seeing a lot of uh, infrastructure spending around the country and that will continue for a long time. So the underlying business is good, but a fairly low margin one. So we've got a whole recommendation on it. And um, yeah, I'd, if you're in the stock, be holding it, but don't yeah. see too many reasons to be buying at the moment. Okay. Um, Sean, it's a, that whole building materials area has got some good stocks in it as well, as up with your James Hardys and your Borals, and even put Blue Scope in there, I suppose as well. How, how does Adbury stack up? You've been reading my notes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not a fan. Right. You know, at the end of the day, the stock's been falling mm. since 2018. So it's had a okay. tough year, but it's been falling for quite a long time. Yeah. You know, volumes are soft, margins are weak. It's got a lot of headwinds, the ESG headwinds, which are not helping in any way, shape or form. But the margins are weak, even when the turnover is struggling. We rather go with James Hardy, as you mentioned. James right. Hardy's improved margins in a tough environment. So in other words, it's got a great platform in place when we all start building more houses. Australia's got to with all those people coming in that you mentioned before. Yeah. Yeah. We, we desperately need a supply of homes. I know. It's, it's, it's not weird, though, but we're, we're not getting it. Oh, we? building approvals are still low. Sort of, you look at the pipeline, and it's really low at the moment, isn't it? Oh, totally, totally. I mean, maybe we need. Um, I don't like using that name. A lot of people would balk at me, but you, also maybe we need someone like a Donald Trump style efficiency <laughs> when it comes to getting the council to start saying tick a few boxes and right. get things approved quicker, yeah. get things more efficient, start building 
good quality homes, units, etc. Yeah. So we can sort out this housing crisis and rent crisis. Don't forget the rental crisis is really, really bad in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So we do have huge demand for the products, but I just think you go with stocks like um, James Hardy, that are improving margins in a tough environment. They've got great foundations in place. Yeah. And it is a classic case of, we do have good stocks in this sector, so you just go for market leaders in this environment, don't you? That's, you summed it up there. This environment, the whole year, we've seen the strong get stronger, the weak get weaker, until that changes, until the market starts to buy maybe cheap stocks or bottom yeah. pick will go um, hunting for bargains. You don't need to do it. We've tried it once or twice and it's cost us money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know. no, it's really good advice. All right, our uh, next stock to have a look at, uh, Duncan wants a view, Sean, on uh, Eagers Automotive, the uh, uh, one of the biggest um, listed or the biggest retail car listed um, uh, group getting even bigger. Nick Polites, the... Uh, uh, chairman of the Sydney Roosters, um, a big auto magnet, has a big stake in Eagers as well, selling some of his franchises in the last week or so, or uh, apparently trying to, uh, for what, $245 million um, into Eagers. What do you think of them? It's not pocket change, is it? No. no, no. Um, we're a fan of it. We like the stock. It's Australia's largest dealership, as you rightly pointed out. Yep. But there's also very interesting, it's a big play on the EV market. It's got the sole rights for a BYD Autos, I got that right. right. That's yeah. the second biggest EV maker out of China to Tesla. All the reports we're getting on the cars are fantastic. It sounds really, really positive. If that keeps on going, this, this actually makes this arguably an alternative play to the whole EVG or EV ESG play to say, right. as opposed to say lithium stocks. Right. So we like the stock, it's making money, it's paying dividends. It's in an uptrend. It's not as volatile. You know, we're a fan. We think it's good value here. Okay. So you'd have it as a buyer here? Yes, definitely. Uh, BYD, I actually drove one the other day, rented it in um, in Adelaide when I was a footy. What's it stand for? Build Your Dream. I wasn't it's sure. So. BYD. It's, it's actually, it was a nice car to drive. It was? A bit quirky. I had never heard of it before, but apparently it's just... As you were saying, massive in China. Yeah, and you can't argue with the numbers. No, exactly. Uh, David, what do you think of Eagers and that whole automotive area? Yeah, very similar views. We've we've got a buy recommendation on Eagers and think that it's a a very good Mm -hmm. business. Uh, Their traditional car business has been doing very well. As Sean said, that uh, EV market is expanding fairly rapidly and the BYD is one of the leaders in that space, but then we're also seeing that pretty much every one of the other major car companies are producing EVs or will produce EVs over the next few years. So we definitely see that that will continue as a as a long-term trend. Uh, Eagers have also got a business where they're looking at fixed price used cars, which has started uh, relatively well for them, obviously fairly early days as far as that's concerned. Overall, the business does about $9 billion worth of revenue. Um, this new acquisition that they're, they're looking at will add about another billion dollars of revenue to them. So they'll be generally turning over about $10 billion a year. And we actually see it as, a, as a, an accretive acquisition that they're uh, making. So about $245 million that they're paying to, to Nick Politis, who, as you said, has a 
large stake in the company and is a non-executive director. And because of that, it will actually have to go through shareholder approval at their, their AGM or uh, extraordinary general meeting next year. So the acquisition will take some time to come through, but overall we think it's a, it's a good acquisition for them and will do well. Uh, we've got a target price of 16.50 on Eagers, so we think that it's got further to run uh, and that it is a, a well-managed business mm. that, that will continue to, to benefit. So Nick Polites is a big shareholder, and um, apparently mm. I've uh, just reading reports before over the last 10 years, he's he spent 43 million dollars buying Eagers shares. So big share. Yep. Now he's going to back his car own car business into Uyghurs as well, obviously for yep. is it just cash or script as well. So it's almost uh, becoming a founder type business, isn't it? Yeah, there's a script component to it. So there's about $25 million of new shares that will be issued yeah. and then the rest in cash. Uh, so they, they will be increasing their, their shareholding in the business. Um, again, assuming it gets through all of the the shareholder approvals, but yeah. absolutely, it's um, yeah. Nick Valides has been you know very big in the the car industry, particularly in New South Wales and Victoria. And Eagers traditionally has had a, a strong um, stranglehold up in the, the Queensland market, but now is becoming a very much a national business. So yeah, um, yeah it, it's an interesting um, acquisition, and yeah, really uh, you know get some. St- some stranglehold in those uh, markets, and it's particularly the high-value markets in uh, in Victoria, so around Brighton and Toorak right. and places right. like that. Okay. Um, seems to be a good acquisition, and also includes about a hundred million dollars worth of property as well. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, Freddie wants a view, David, on uh, Woolworths, the uh, the big supermarket chain. What's a view on Woolies now? Yeah, we've actually got a sell recommendation on Woolies. We think that it's uh, fairly overpriced at, at current levels. Um, look, it's, it's a very, very well-managed business. It's got a great market share. They've got about 36% of the, the fruit and vegetable and, and fresh food uh, market around Australia. Uh, they've got a very good logistics supply chain. Um, but we do think that at current levels, they are fully priced. They're trading on a P-E ratio of about 25 times, dividend yield of 3%. Um, the grocery market has been impacted by higher costs. Uh, and the other thing that not only Woolworths, but Coles and other retailers all around the world are actually now finding that inflation is enticing people to start stealing. So in many of the, the grocery results, they actually highlighted the the shoplifting and the fact that they're now moving towards the the technology of the self-scan is actually allowing people to Mm. take advantage of Woolworths and Coles and scan in um, avocados as onions or things like that. Uh, And that's having a real impact on the the bottom line of the the retailers. So it's something that they need to to get over. but what it's meaning from the retailers is that their margins are relatively low. Um, so single-digit margins, they need to keep keep their uh, their sales going uh, strongly. Okay. So you've got to sell on Woolies. 
Is this view consistent right across the grocery area? Do you do you like Coles or or Metcash as an alternative, or you're just steering yeah. clear of the whole sector? Generally, it's across the sector. So we've got a light and recommendation on Coles. Um, we do have a hold on Metcash, and out of the three, Metcash is probably our preferred. Mm. But at the moment, it's probably a sector that, unless you're already in it, you don't necessarily need to be buying shares. Right. We think okay. that there are some other sectors that provide better growth potential and, and in some cases, some better income. So, yeah, as I said, a fairly low margin um, business at this point in time and the share prices of Woolies and Coles are overvalued at present. Um, not to say they're, they're bad businesses, we just think the share price mm. is a little bit high. Okay. Sean, what do you reckon? Because the theory was always also when you go into a downturn and high inflation, supermarkets can pass on the price increases because they just dominate the sector. It's so concentrated. But Well, we have got to eat. Yeah. At the end of the day, we all know we've got to eat. Um, we've got a neutral on Woolworths. So firstly, we think it is fully to slightly overpriced and no. we don't own it. Um, but we do think it's a better business to Coles. It's far further down that um, technology build out than Coles. Um, it had, and you mentioned the theft before. It actually doesn't get, suffer as badly as Coles does in that area um, because it's got better scanning, etc. Right. But it's still obviously an increasing issue. Um, we believe that it is fully priced. So it's a quality part of the sector. If you're looking for a defensive play, it's a better one to go for. But we're not. Um, however, in line with what David was saying, we actually do own Metcash in our income portfolio. Right. And we believe it's got more upside potential because of its exposure to hardware. Ah, okay. So, what, you'd have a hold on Woolies or yes. would you have a, a lighten on it? No, I'd have a hold on it, but we aren't considering buying it, so you can interpret ah. that as you want. Right, okay. <laughs> Somewhere between the two, perhaps. Right, but uh, you prefer Metcash. Definitely, and we hold it. We okay. hold it in our income portfolio, which I think says everything. All right. Okay. Uh, Peter wants a view, Sean, on uh, Babcorp. We go back to the car industry now. Um, Babcorp's the largest automotive spare parts accessory business. Australia, New Zealand, been expanding uh, into Asia as well, uh, into Thailand and Singapore and Malaysia. Um, Sean, what do you reckon of, um, of Babcorp? We like Babcorp. We own it in our emerging companies portfolio. Um, their strategy of uh, the phrase was better than before, we believe is going in the right direction. Right. Uh, and they're doing well overseas. So internationally, they're doing well. They're doing goal, kicking goals. So we like it. We think it's a uh, good value here. Okay. And we hold it. Again, right. very importantly, we hold it. Okay. Um, yeah, that's testament to <laughs> exactly. putting your money where your mouth is in, in Babcorp. Well, the knock on it from a number of analysts is... Um, hey, with EVs coming along, less moving parts, you won't, won't, there's not the desire for accessories, things like that. I don't think that's going to be the case. Parts. People are yeah. still going to put funny parts on an EV. <laughs> they might put more on it because it doesn't give you the same throbbing noises <laughs> from right. the engine, so they might want a bigger bull bar. Right, right. You know, so I think that I think we'll still see accessories do well. Yep. And they might be slightly different, I'm sure they will be, yep. but it's an evolving industry as we know. I don't think everyone's just going to want to drive a square box that goes along like a kitchen appliance. Right. There's going to be some interest around the edges. Yep. Okay. Because ARB is the other one sort of in that 
area as well, isn't it? If you, if you want to uh, pimp your four-wheel drive, uh, you go to ARV, is it? And they did enormously well during lockdowns. Exactly. COVID was that purple spot for it. They yeah. did really, really well. Yep. Um, David, what's your view on Babcorp? Yeah, very similar view. We've also got a buy recommendation on it okay. and, and have it in a number of our uh, our portfolios as well. Um, we have a target price of $7.50 on BAPCOR. The thing that we actually quite liked about their result was that the trade and wholesale part of the business was doing very well, as well as their uh, New Zealand operation. And New Zealand's a little bit newer for the business also. So... Uh, the retail was a little bit softer, but the trade and wholesale, which is where they get better margins, is really the driver of the business now, and, and that um, you know, will continue. Uh, and they yeah, provide a lot of the, the parts to the mechanics and the, um, the, you know, the, the repairers of, of the industry. So like the business, I think it's, it's very, very well managed and uh, should continue to provide some reasonable growth. Uh, what's your target? Seven fifty. Seven fifty on it, yeah. Wow. Okay, it's around that six sixty mark at the moment. So that's right. Yeah. So see a reasonable, uh, reasonable growth in it, and it's got an okay yield, three point three percent as well. So, okay. um, yeah, reasonable business. All right, uh, David. Our fifth stop. Ronnie wants a view on BHP, the uh, big Australian, basically iron ore now, and uh, and potash. Is it with along with the world's yeah. biggest uranium site. <laughs> That's right. And they're now starting to sh- shift their focus a little bit now towards uh, some of the, uh, the the other assets. Uh, you mentioned potash, also uh, got some graphite as well. So, But having said that, the majority of their earnings still come from iron ore. And we've recently downgraded our, our forecast as far as the, the iron ore price are concerned. So we've got a lightened recommendation on BHP and similarly relatively negative views on, on Brio and, uh, and Fortescue on the basis that we think that the Chinese economy is slowing and will continue to, to struggle for, for some time. Um, we are seeing... Sorry, we've got an alarm going on. Um, yeah, we are are predicting that the Chinese growth uh, will be fairly slow for some time, and and there's you know even some concerns that China devolves into a a Japan 2.0. Uh, so in the mm-hmm. in the medium and longer term, we're concerned about the the growth prospects there. Um, But having said that, we've still actually seen the iron ore price up relatively high. So we haven't seen the global markets come off too much, um, but tend to think that at current prices, BHP is a little bit fully priced. Okay. All right. So you've got a um, sort of... Uh, not really a sellout, is it? It's sort of when when you say no, lighted, is that sort of what sell a quarter, sell a half? Yeah, around that. Um, take some profits on on the position and just reduce the holding. Uh, we do tend to find that BHP is one of those holdings that almost every one of our clients has a position in. Um, they've got some very good dividends from it, uh, but they will continue to pay decent dividends, but probably lower than what we've seen over the last couple of years. So, yeah, from a portfolio point of view, 
have a look at the position and, and reduce yep. it by about a quarter to a yep. third, um, depending on your own position. And, and same with Rio and Fortescue. Yes. Well, in Fortescue's case, we've actually got a sell recommendation. Um, but yeah, Lighten on, on BHP and, and Rio. We just tend to think that they've, they've had a great couple of years, probably seen the best of it, and will probably uh, struggle as far as, as earnings growth is concerned. They'll still earn very well, but yeah, maybe look at, at redeploying some of that capital <laughs> elsewhere. Mm. Sean? Uh, we're bullish and we're long BHP, right. um, both in our income and in our growth portfolio. It's a stock which we do think is active, and by that I mean you know we are happy to trim and have done whenever the stock knocks on the $50 door. When it comes back towards 40, 35, 40, we're happy to, t- to buy some more. So we tweak, up, tweak it up and down. A fund manager made of mine that said, if you do nothing else as an individual investor, uh, the best strategy you can have is sell BHP around 50, buy back in at 40, just wait for it to go back to 50 again. I said, that sounds a bit too simple. but Keep it uh, simple, stupid, it yeah, often yeah. works. But when you look at the chart, yeah. It's it worked very look well. Like that. Yes. It's worked very well. And I think the thing is that, you know, we <laughs> like, everyone's bearish iron ore and yep. it's not going down, although it's still halved over the last few years. <laughs> but at these prices, BHP is still a printing press. Right. Okay, it's paying a very, very good yield. So I believe you can keep your core holding there and be patient with the dividends. As I said, accumulate lower down, let a bit go higher up. And we do like the transition. It's sold out, obviously, to Woodside, the oil side of the business. Mm. It's bought Oz Minerals. So it's made a concerted effort, shown you its hand, which way it's looking. Everyone's forgotten about Oz Minerals, but it's showing you which way it wants to move into the future. And we like that direction. It makes common sense. It's a bit harder for someone as big as as BHP. You know, it's a bit like the oil tanker trying to do a U-turn. It doesn't happen very quickly. But they're obviously, in my opinion, going in the right direction. And iron ore will pay for a lot of this transition. It's still making a lot of money from it. Right. So I would be reticent to let it go here. $45 is short. It's nearer to 50 than it is to 35, 40. But, you know, I still think that um, I'd stay long. Okay. So would you be buying or just holding at these levels? Well, at these levels right here, right now, we're holding. Right. Um, We've got no intention of selling. Is it uh, that same view for Rio and Fortescue as well? And I suppose you'd uh, you try mineral resources there too, which is... We, we own mineral resources with one of our preferred iron ore come lithium combinations. Right. It hasn't been a very good play so far. Um, it's come back a long way. It's a stock which tends to get very ex- excited and very it goes both extremes of sentiment. Yeah. Um, I don't want a pure iron ore exposure. So we haven't got Fortescue and Rio's a bit more committed that way as well. So we just prefer BHP in the space. Okay. All right. Um, good look at BHP there. And so I... Uh, I'll, Take profits from David uh, and a hold from Sean. Let's recap the uh, the first five stocks, including stock of the day, which is Liontown, uh, a hold from both David and Sean. Um, Adbury, a hold from David and Ords, um, a no from Sean, prefers James Hardy in that uh, building material space. Um, Eagers Automotive, a buy from both David and Sean. Uh, Woolworths, a sell from Ords, a hold from um, uh, from Sean. Uh, preference if you look at supermarkets now of, of Metcash there because of its yield. Uh, Babcorp, a buy from both. And BHP, a hold from Sean. And a light and take some profits from David and Ords. Uh, here at the call, we've been following our own 
High Conviction Fantasy Fund is picked by the Investment Committee. You can see the most recent committee meeting going into October uh, on the platform nowosbiz.com. Uh, let's check the portfolio update going into October. A beta medical was taken out. Uh, it's waiting distributed between uh, Solpats and Altium. Uh, 1% was taken out each of Caroon Energy, ProMedicus and Paladin. And uh, that was spread uh, plus 1% in cash uh, spread across Camplify. It was brought into the portfolio and uh, portfolio is up just under 8%. Um, if you've got, um, of course, all your uh, suggestions here for the, the call are the first filter to the investment committee. If a stock here gets uh, two buys from the panel, gets revert, referred to the investment committee to see if it should be in the portfolio. So today, Eagers and Babcorp will be uh, um, uh, will be suggested to the committee, and they'll run their eye over it. All right, this half hour we're going to be taking a look at car sales, Codan, uh, Cochlea. Uh, Domino's Pizzas and Wee Bit Nano. Uh, David Frank wants a view on carsales.com, the big automotive marketplace digital platform. Um, what do you think of car sales? Yeah, look, it's it's a great business and it's done very well. Um, but the share price is up about 28%, 26% over the last six months, 55% over the last 12 months. So we actually think it's it's fairly fully priced at the moment. We've got a fair value of twenty five dollars on it, yep. uh, and they're currently trading at twenty eight seventy. So we've got a light and recommendation on it. Again, similar to, to what we we're talking about with BHP, probably a time to take some profits on it. Um, but that's really a factor of the share price and the fact that it's done so well. Uh, again, no, no. Uh, negative impact or negative view on the company it's a great business but just think the share price has probably got a little bit ahead of itself yeah. in the in the medium term gee these platform stocks are have done well here in australia aren't they sort of car sales uh rea seek um so there, this is the reason yeah. why traditional newspapers were <laughs> uh, had to re-engineer oh, themselves because these three three took their rivers of gold their classifieds away from them yeah, and, and they've not only done it in Australia, but they've actually taken that technology around the world. So, um, yeah, all three of those companies have got international operations as well and, and starting to, uh, you know, to move into those markets. So they we have been a, uh, a, a bit of a global leader as far yeah. as that online marketplace is concerned and car sales has done very well yeah. as far as that that yep. is concerned, but moving into international markets, it also increases the, the cost. Um, so yeah, in the in the short term, probably look at taking some profits. Yep. Three great businesses. Uh, Sean, what do you think? They, they moved into Korea pretty successfully, didn't they? And Mexico and a couple of other Latin American countries. I think that's, that's the key. <clears throat> Car sales have successfully, so far, um, brought through their international expansion. Yep. They've done better than Seek in that department, and it's, but it is reflected in the share price. So I wouldn't be lightning here. <clears throat> we can see it making new highs this year, somewhere in that $30, $32 range. Still got another five, maybe 10% yep. higher. Because as I came back before, the stronger getting stronger, the weaker getting weaker. This is a strong company. It reported well. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't be rushing to take profit. 
but the risk reward isn't very exciting here, so I'd be looking for higher prices to reduce into. Okay, so you're a hold at the moment. Yes. Right? You wouldn't be buying at the, these levels, but no. hold, you still got a bit to go when it's when it gets up, adds up another 10%, then look to lighten that. Five to 10%, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. All right. Don't forget we are coming into Christmas. Traditionally, these stocks that have run well yep. all year, then we'll go a bit further. Yep, okay. All right, so you're a big believer in the in the uh, Santa rally this year? You yes. You see think, what's going? Yeah, we do. We do think okay. it's going to happen. I mean, obviously, there's a few wild cars out there at the moment, and the Middle East situation is obviously very hard to pick. Yeah. But considering the geopolitical problems that have been thrown at the share market, considering last week we had a strong inflation read in the US, the bond market, everything's been trying to pull equities back, but they're still okay around the 7,000, 7,050 mm. mark. So I could see them 5 Ooh. or 10% higher. Okay. Maybe not 10% higher, but certainly 5% higher. Yeah, David, what are your analysts saying? Are they, um, the Sandra rally, of course, is this traditional run up in shares in, uh, in November and December. Um, do, yeah. they, do they see strong months there ahead or, or are they a bit more cautious? Yeah, a little bit more cautious, to be honest, and, and think that there's, there's probably more downside in the short to medium term than there is upside. Um, but that's predominantly when we look at the US. So particularly concerned about the, um, bizarrely, concerned about the strength of the US economy, which will continue to push inflation and, and push interest rates higher. So worried that there's a real need for the Federal Reserve to to keep pushing interest rates until something breaks. Uh, so that's the, the concern in the short term. Um, we have seen markets come back a little bit, and certainly there is value in individual stocks. But when we look at the overall market, just, yeah, okay. still fairly cautious in the right. short term. Interesting. All right. Uh, Sean, uh, Roger wants a view on Kodan, the uh, uh, the big gold detecting uh, device, but has gone into co- communications equipment as well. Not a stock we followed closely, which I think is um, proven to be the right thing over the last 12 months. The stock's more than halved. Yep. Um, their results in August were pretty average. Stock fell 10% on the news. I think we saw revenue uh, it's fall. Done- Done all right on the on the twelve months. Yeah, it's um, over the last twelve months. But yeah. overall, back end of last year. Exactly. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Um, back end of last year. This time last year, it was was you, down a fair bit. Yeah, you can normally there's a place in the chart you can draw the line to make something look yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but in August, the stock fell ten percent. Revenue was down ten percent. EBITDA, I think, was down thirty eight percent. It's just not a stock for us. Right. Okay. David, is it a stock for you? No, I'd, I'd probably say it's not either. It's not one that we, uh, we've we got a research view on. Um, but, yeah, similar sort of view to, to Stuart, that the um, the revenue and, and profits were down. Um, they have increased their exposure to communications, uh, and that's to uh, mission-critical communications, so to, to military and, um, and government agencies, which potentially in the, the current geopolitical environment may well have higher demand. Um, but the problem with the communications part of the business is it's much lower margin than the, the um, metal detection part of the business. So, yeah, if you if you look at the last result and, and look at the forecast going forward, it's probably uh, one of those stocks that's priced as a growth stock but isn't actually 
producing that growth uh, that that would warrant that price. So given the share price is up by 60% over the, the last 12 months, that would be one that you know, I'd probably be looking at, at moving out of. But as right. I say, we don't have a, a, an official research view on. Okay. Um, those metal detectors, they were uh, telling me a couple of years ago when the gold price booms, uh, their metal yep. detector sales go up mainly from African villagers who uh, okay. all, all put money in as a village uh, and then go out and and try and hit up for gold. Um, yeah, well, it adds thirty percent of their sales. <laughs> it is weird. The outlook for gold is, is still pretty positive, and, yeah. and we we like a lot of gold companies there. Um, yeah. But I'd probably be preferring to be putting my money into uh, yeah. yeah some of the gold, gold stocks and. Who, yeah. which are all doing pretty well today as we speak. Um, yeah, our, that's right. Our aid stock, David Alexander, wants a view on Cochlear, uh, the big medical conglomerate famous for its uh, bionic ear, uh, developed here in Australia. Yeah. Now, when, you know, you put it up there with uh, with CSL, Resbed and Cochlear, aren't they our, our three biggest healthcare stocks? Yeah, that's right. And it's it's been a, a, a fantastic business. As you said, it's now a global business. They're the world leader. They've got about 60% of the, the market as far as the, the cochlear impact plants are concerned um, and have done very, very well. Our concern, I suppose, going forward is that they're now at a stage where most of their growth has come through the children uh, and doing the, the bilateral implants in, into children. And that has been a very strong growth driver of the business over the last 15 years. We now think, though, that they're getting to a point where that's relatively saturated and that the growth will be in line with birth rates. Um, so they're now starting to focus more on the adult market and also in emerging markets. Now, as far as the adult market is concerned, adults are probably less inclined to have a surgical implant and tend to move towards a, a hearing aid. Uh, and hearing aids themselves are getting smaller and smaller and getting connected to your phone and various things. So there's a lot of competition in that adult market, whereas in the, the children's market, um, they've had a, a very, very strong stranglehold. So has been a great business will continue to grow very very strongly but probably don't think it will have the growth that it's had over the last 15 years mm. um and due to that we've, we've got a light and recommendation on it um tend to think that they're relatively fully priced at current levels um we've got a, a valuation of 200 dollars on it they're trading at 256 mm. at the moment, so well above where our our analyst fair value is. Um, so, yeah, probably one that you could look at taking some profits on. But as you said, it is a really good core long-term uh, health company, so you probably don't want to be selling it out altogether. Okay. All right. Um, and as we saw from the five-year chart there, it's close to its five-year highs as well. Uh, Sean, what's your yeah. view on Cochlear? Well, it's obviously bucked the trend of the healthcare sector so yeah. far this year. There's no um, Zempic crossing its line. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Certainly got, after that, the drop in CSL at the moment and also Resmed. Oh, re the wrong way. Yep. Very, very aggressively wrong way. Um, so Cochlear have come out with some great results. 
consistently. Um, in August, they beat revenue by 6%. They forecast good revenue for next year. Um, don't forget, we've got countries like China, in particular, and to a lesser extent, Japan. They're trying to push the birth rate along. That's a lot of people, potentially, that on the children end of the spectrum that might want um, cochlear aids. But we think it's a it's an, a lightening into strength. So we still think the stock can get up towards two hundred and eighty dollars. Right. Um, it is a world class company. I wouldn't be selling it into weakness. It's come back a bit in line with the market of late. And um, right here, right now, I'd call it a hold, lightning right. into strength. Right, okay. Um, your view on CSL and ResMed? We hold ResMed, unfortunately. Uh, I have to put my hand up and say we, we underestimated how far the sentiment would go with that stock. Yep. Um, so between CSL and ResMed, they're both a bit the same. We felt quite clever to avoid CSL and sold it a lot, lot higher. Yeah. But while you hold ResMed, you can't feel that good. Right. No, you know, no, no. So the problem, the problem is, David, in my opinion, the market is priced in the worst case scenario from this right. the, from Zempec, yeah. but it's going to take a long time to be convinced otherwise. Right. Because I was going to say, the, does this weakness present a buying opportunity for both CSL and ResMed? Well, a lot of people think it does. Um, we're inclined to be holders. We think it's great value here. Um, these wonder drugs very rarely come to fruition, yeah. if ever. Yeah. Um, but again, how long will it take until the market's convinced that the people that are happy to take a Zempec are still going to stop drinking Coke, shall we say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're still going to, yeah. you, how many people are actually going to press that button and lose weight? So we're seeing a lot of A-listers on the red carpet where you hang out. Yeah. You know, they're very... <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <laughs> they're very happy to advertise how much weight they've lost, you know. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. But that's not the normal person walking down the street that needs the, the resume products, etc. But mar- market sentiment turned down really quickly. So what you're saying is that, that that doubts come quickly to turn those doubts around is a lot slower to rebound. I think it will be unless we see something from from left field around the um, the risks associated with the Zempic, right, right, et cetera. At right. the moment, the biggest problem is they can't you can't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had two friends I know, um, obviously I won't name names, who were taking it that have stopped taking it simply because they can't get it. Oh. But their results were mixed, their results weren't great. Okay. Uh, CSL? CSL is a bit the same, but I prefer it um, at these levels than I did when we got out. Yeah. Um, I'd call it an accumulate at these levels. Right. Okay. Interesting. Uh, another stock that uh, has had a checkered two years, uh, Sean, Judith wants a view on Domino's Pizza, the... Uh, uh, the global pizza chain, uh, not only here in Australia, but uh, overseas, although it's pulled back from some of its markets. We're not a fan of Domino Pizza. It, it, it's priced for growth, yeah. and it's not growing. Right. You know, that's the problem. If you so price- you reckon it's still priced for growth, yes. even though it's down from $75 earlier in the year to to mid-50s now. Yeah, we've got no interest in the stock. We don't like its model. They've struggled to roll out their new platforms. And, um, you know, we just don't see it being value at these levels. It, right. It's all too hard. Right. I actually spoke to James Gerrish, one of my partners at Market Matters this morning. He said that was his line. It's all too hard. Right. We don't need to be there. And because uh, that, that's a fair point you make, is that if you've got 20 or 30 stocks in your portfolio, um, and you get something as complicated as this and you don't really know where it's going to go, even though it's down near five-year lows at the moment, um, why take the risk? There are better opportunities out there. Oh, totally. And historically, stroke statistically, whichever way you want to play it, buying stocks at five-year lows Mm. is not the way to add alpha to a portfolio. Right. Okay. 
David, what's the uh, the odds view on on Domino's? Yeah, a little bit different. We actually have an accumulate recommendation on it, so I think that there there is value in the current price, uh, and that's really on the basis that. They've had very strong growth through their new store acquisitions, both in Australia and overseas, as you said, but think that there's a lot more growth that they can have. Uh, and particularly in Australia, there's there's the potential for a lot more um, franchises and opening the franchises isn't particularly capital intensive as far as the business is concerned, but it is accretive as far as the, the earnings uh, profile. And also think that there's a lot of growth potential in Europe. Um, you would think that Europe, that the pizza market's fairly um, saturated, but it's fairly fragmented and, and think that there is uh, a lot more growth in, in Europe for, for Domino's. Uh, they have been successful over the years of, of being a technology-led business and utilising that technology for, for growth. Um, one of the... The negatives that we've seen for Domino's over the last couple of years has been the increasing costs, uh, cost of cheese and, and the, uh, the food that goes into making the pizzas. We've actually started to see many of those prices come down a bit. So uh, a bit of a, a positive tailwind there that we're seeing that, that is reversed as far as the, the company's costs are concerned. So uh, I think at current levels, it, it's reasonable value. We've got a, a, a fair fair value of $68 on it. So I think that there's mm. there's upside from from the current price. Yeah, because uh, that, that's what set the stock down, wasn't it? Uh, just food, food inflation, and they sort of got their pricing wrong, some of the price changes earlier, and, and, the, yeah, fl- and right. the flow right. through of the wage increases. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of the the, uh, the costs that, yeah, they tried to, to put through, but for a, a very low-cost product that has a big impact on the consumer. So, uh, yeah, we saw a, a massive decline in their share price in, in February, March this year. Um, hasn't done much since, but think that, you know, if you're a long-term investor, there's reasonable value in it now. Okay. All right. And our final stock, David Barry, wants a view on WeBit Nano, the uh, memory and semiconductor technology company building a sort of um, a mega memory chip, if you like? Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating um, part of the market. And, you know, we've seen internationally that the share price of NVIDIA has gone absolutely crazy. Uh, and there's been the, the AI trade uh, and the fact that globally there's been a, a shortage of silicon chips. Um, WeBit Nano is very interesting from that point of view. Their share price obviously hasn't gone anywhere near what NVIDIA has done, but WeBit Nano is very, very early stage as far as the, that market's concerned. So they haven't got revenue, Um, they do have some cash in the bank and they do have some manufacturing facilities. They've had some positive um, testing results recently, so there are certainly positive signs there. Um, The problem with this sort of company is it's very much a a venture capital type investment. So you've really got to apply the lens of a, a VC investor. And effectively what they do is They'll look at 20 stocks or 20 investments and hope that two of those investments come off Mm. because the 
the upside that they get from those two investments is enough to offset the losses that they get on the other 18. So it's it's very much a binary sort of outcome that it will either be an amazing business or you'll lose all your money. So as an individual investor, you've got to weigh up those two risks as to whether or not you're prepared to put your chips on, on this investment um, or whether you've got others that you can put your money on. So while it's an interesting company, for me, it's it's probably too risky at this point in time. Right. So you're not putting your, your own chips on it? Uh, Sean, what about you? No, no definitely not. It's right. not for us. I mean, I think we just summed it up then where you might lose all your money. Yeah. Well, if you lose all your money on one stock, you've got to double your stock money on another stock to break even. Yep. That's a bit too hard. There's not many stocks in my portfolio that have doubled this year. Yeah. Um, it's got a market cap of 565 million before today's moved down. It's got no earnings yet. Um, I just think I'd rather buy it at much higher levels when it's shown the runway to success. Right. Because it's dropped from $9 to under three. Yep. If you'd bought it at the wrong time, it's really hurting you. Um, who's not to say that's going to go down to two or to one? Those are big moves. From a percentage perspective, I'd rather buy this company if it, when and if it turns around. Right. And it's been sort of suggested to me in the past that the, these are like um, uh, mining explorers, you know, or or your biotechs, that, that yes, they might be onto something, but it is timing the cycle, is that you don't want to be wallowing for... You know, three, four, five years with no return on your money, and then there becomes a binary outcome, and it starts to shoot off. Uh, it's all, it's all, how you play the cycle. Exactly. It's a lot, of, a lot of traders sit there, and they've got all of their computers set up, and they wait for these small stocks, whether it be the specy gold stocks yeah. or the biotech stocks. They wait to see a pickup in volume. If the volume starts to pick up and the stock starts to rally, they buy it. Yep. And then. When the right, we have an explosive rally, which we have it so often every week. One of these stocks will have this sort of move. Yep. When it stops going up and the volume is still going up, they get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, it's a trading stock. It's a trading stock. And not for the faint-hearted, that's no. for sure, as we could see by that graph. Um, all right, uh, let's uh, check the final five stocks, uh, car sales. Uh, David and Ords take some profits at these levels. Uh, you've had a really good run. That's a hold from Sean. Uh, Kodan, a no from Sean, a, a sell from David. Uh, Cochlear take profits at these levels. Again, had a really good run, hold from Sean. Uh, Domino, a no shot from Sean and an accumulate from Ords. And we bit Nano, I know from both. Uh, David Lane from Ords, enjoy your time in Mackay. How long are you up there for? Thank you, oh, just for a couple of days. So, um, okay. yeah, enjoying it while I'm here. Yeah, enjoy. And Sean Hickman from Market Matters, good to see you, mate. Thank yeah. you for joining us. Nice to be here. Uh, that's it for our show for today. Look, if you've got any stocks you'd like me to put to our expert panel, um, send them in. Go to osbiz.co slash callpicks or tweet us using the at TV handle. And look, if you've got, uh, if you want to attach any comments to the stocks that you want analysed by the panel, um, add your comments in there, add questions. We love that uh, because it really gives us an indication of the direction that that you want the uh, the analytics to go. So really appreciate that at any time. That's it from the call for today. See you same time tomorrow for our next edition. The Pulse is next here on Ausbiz.